I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. Turkish protesters today unveiled a list of concessions they want from the Turkish government. They include banning the use of tear gas by police and lifting restrictions on freedom of expression and assembly. The government of Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan is not likely to oblige. Erdogan has been very critical of the protesters and called their use of social media a scourge on society. Meanwhile, the protests continue in both Istanbul and Ankara. Zeynep Tufekci joins us regularly to talk about the intersection of politics and technology. She's a visiting scholar at Princeton University's Center for Information Technology Policy. She also happens to be Turkish. She says these protests are unique in Turkey's history. What's quite interesting about these protests is that I think they're the first and maybe even only non-institutional, non-traditional protests we've seen in Turkey, at least since the uh, 1980 coup. We do have big protests in Turkey. These are not, you know, unheard of events. What is quite unusual is that these large protests are not organized by any political party. They're not organized by any traditional trade union. They're not organized by NGOs. We have never had this kind of massive outpouring that is just sort of bursting ground up grassroots without having institutional leadership. So that's very striking. Right. So what started out as this little protest uh, against demolishing a park at Taksim Square is now gone into this, uh, as you say, this giant non-traditional protest. Can you just define a bit more what makes this so non-traditional aside from what you've already mentioned? Well, what it makes it also non-traditional is that the demands are very diffuse. It is more of a feeling of we want to draw some lines and sort of push back against what people see as government overreach in many areas. They don't like the way things are going. They don't like the way the government is conducting its business. And crucially, they also don't find opposition parties as a proper sufficient outlet for what they're feeling. They also are disappointed greatly by Turkish media which has been doing an awful job. They have been ignoring the protests and, uh, you know, sort of at crucial times. So people have felt like they hit a wall that they're not being heard. And then this spark came along and just, people just took to the streets. As you've tracked social media, Zainab, have you come up with any kind of answers to the question, why have the media, why have the Turkish media failed in this respect? Well, it's actually not the first time they failed. There has been a steady, persistent pattern in the last few years of a combination of outright government intimidating journalists and also uh, media owners in Turkey tend to also be owners of businesses. So they are doing business with the government. So there's also been a lot of self-censorship that's coming from these large media corporations. There have been a series of incidents in which Turks had to turn to Twitter to learn what the heck was going on Mm. in a very crucial news story. This will happen in the last protest. In the middle of the clashes, CNN International was covering the clashes in Istanbul. CNN Turkey was showing a documentary about penguins. <laughs> it was beyond ludicrous. And then they showed the documentary on dolphin training. And I believe NTV was doing something. There was a cooking show at some point. I mean, the biggest cities in Istanbul 
There's tear gas and hundreds of thousands of people in the street. All international media is covering it. And CNN Turkey has uh, cooking shows on it. Of course, people want the social media. Well, the, the memes are aviary this week. Uh, penguins today in Turkey and uh, big yellow rubber ducks in China yesterday. Zeynep, what's it like for you? You're, you're Turkish. You're sifting yes. through the fire hose of information that's uh, yes. blasting out of Istanbul and Ankara these past few days. What's that I like? Am, it's, it's really interesting because I'm not just Turkish. I'm also scholar of social movements and social media. So I have studied Occupy, I have studied and written about, you know, Egypt and the protests in Tahrir. I have read a lot of scholarship. Mm. And I always knew that social media was important in Turkey. But if you told me that we'd have a leaderless protest in Turkey, if you told me this two weeks ago, I would have said, not really. You're kidding. We never have leaderless protests in Turkey. And this has really made my thinking on this clearer because I think there is a new kind of social media field protest. If we're seeing this in Turkey, if we see this in Occupy in the U.S., if we see this in Egypt, if we see this in the M15 movement in Spain, all of which are very different contexts, right? For me, this is a confirmation that maybe this is the 21st century style of politics or part of it. Zainab Tufekshi, a visiting scholar at Princeton University Center for Information Technology Policy, breaking down the protests in Turkey for us. Always good to speak with you, Zainab. Thanks. Thank you.